Well, here's something that I know that you have in common with every single person in this room. That there has been a time in your life, most likely many times in your life, when someone has hurt you. It may have been something they said, something they did, something that they didn't do. But in big ways, and many times in smaller ways, you have had the experience of someone sinning against you. Someone doing something or saying something that has, has, deeply, and, and has deeply hurt you. And for the duration of this series, the, the picture that we want to have you think about when it comes to that hurt is seen in the logo of this series. I want you to think about it like the thorns or the needles of a cactus. And when that, that person has said that thing or did that thing or failed to do that thing that they promised, it's, it's like you are forced to, and I have a pot on this cactus, but you're forced to kind of deal with the thorns and the needles that hurt you. And the question that we want to answer in this series is when that happens, when you are forced to face and to experience the, the thorns or needles of someone's sin or someone's hurt against you, the question becomes, what do you do with that thing that hurts you? And what I'm going to do today is share with you the ultimate answer to that question, in part because it's the title of the series, so you already know what it is. But what we are asked to do when we are forced to experience the thorns or needles of hurt is we are asked to forgive. That's a word that all of us know. Some of us have spent years because we've been hurt deeply trying to do it. We teach our kids that they should do it. It's something that we know we should do and sometimes is very hard to do. But at the very same time, I would say it's also very, very important. Because when we don't forgive, it has a result that ruins or makes it difficult in our relationship with other people. It affects our relationship with God. Lack of forgiveness or unforgiveness actually sometimes affects the relationship that we have with ourselves, even. And so over the, the next four weeks, we are going to tackle this topic, even as we got into it, as I got into it, recognizing that four weeks are not going to even allow us to hit all the different angles and all the different parts that Scripture has to say about this topic. But here are some of the, the questions that kind of get your, you thinking in this series. Here are some of the questions that we are going to be tackling. Um, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness not? Does forgiveness mean that wrongdoers should go unpunished? Um, is it okay to put up boundaries when someone has sinned against you? Or does that mean you haven't forgiven them? 
what do I do if I can't seem to forgive myself? And probably the most important question of them all, where does the power and motivation for forgiveness come from? And as I was studying this topic as I was thinking about all of you and recognizing that all of our experiences in life um, are different. I mean, what we have in common is that we've all been hurt by someone at some time, but what is not common for us, what is different for all of us is exactly what those hurts are. And I came to recognize a couple things that might make us a little bit different when it comes to this topic. The first is this, is that not every hurt is the same. So I want you to think, let's say, take a marriage, but it really could be any relationship. But in marriage, every marriage is made up of two sinful people. So do you know what that means needs to happen in every single marriage? That there will need to be forgiveness that husbands and wives will need to have the ability to forgive because no marriage is perfect. But while that might be true, there also are some hurts in marriage, and again, it could be other relationships, that just are heavier, that cut deeper. It's uh, not just that my spouse said something wrong, but he or she cheated, or my spouse uh, was abusive or is abusive, or maybe it's an addiction, or maybe it's abandonment. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's forgiveness that needs to happen in a lot of different circumstances and situations, but, but some hurts cut deeper, whether that be in marriage, with uh, friends at school, at work, with extended family, with siblings, and so one of the things that I guess I felt really important uh, to, to clarify and to say is that for some of us entering into this service, um, even the topic of hurt and forgiveness is like um, scratching at a scab that you've hoped has been healed or you maybe some of you know hasn't been healed. And, and so this series, first of all, I pray um, is helpful but at the very same time, I know for many, maybe for all of us, it's also going to be challenging. So not every hurt is the same. The other thing I've come to realize is that not everyone feels the same way about forgiveness. I went into this series when we started planning it about six months ago, thinking like, everyone's just going to realize that forgiveness is an important thing because that's how I was raised. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family from the very beginning of my life. I was taught about Jesus. I was taught about his forgiveness, and then I was also taught that an important part of following Jesus is to forgive other people. But now as an adult, as I look around, as I talk with people, as I read things you know, online and on social media, as I listen uh, to uh, people on the news, I've come to realize that we live in a culture where there seems to be an aversion to forgiveness, and in some cases even a disdain for forgiveness, that forgiveness is meant to be weak and lets people off the hook. Uh, we sometimes call this the culture we live in as a, as a cancel culture. 
And there's this interesting quote that I read from uh, a book written by two gentlemen. Their names are Bradley Campbell and Jason Manning. I thought it would be interesting to read just to kind of recognize the the culture that we live in and, and maybe some of the feelings that you might have about forgiveness, that cancel culture creates a society of constant good versus evil conflict over the smallest issues as people compete for status as victims or as defenders of victims. And oh, by the way, as you have noticed, it might not just be something that you did right now, but it could be 40 years ago and not a, not a huge thing like a murder or something, but yet that is who you are. That one thing 30 years ago, you're canceled. It atrophies our ability to lovingly overlook slights, but most of all, it sweeps this cancel culture away the very concept of forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is seen now as radically unjust and impractical, and then um, as unjust and impractical. And so one of the things that sometimes people think is that if you are a proponent of forgiveness, That also means in every situation, every circumstance, you are also a proponent of not punishing a wrongdoer. I just want you to know, and we'll get into this more next week, that's not the biblical understanding of forgiveness. That yes, there is forgiveness, but there's also this thing called justice, and we will talk about how we figure all that out with God's help in a different week, but I just want you to understand what I just said, that forgiving someone doesn't mean that there shouldn't or never will be or never should be um, punishment. So do you, do you understand that you probably understood this coming in today, that when it comes to forgiveness, there are different experiences, there are different aspects, there are different circumstances that we're dealing with. But, and here's where I'm going to challenge you, this is what is 100% absolutely true. It's our first fill-in for this series. That God directs you as a child of God, as a believer, as a Jesus follower. He directs you to forgive. And the absolute key to all of this is something we're going to come back to Every single week of this series, it's something that we're going to sprinkle in all the messages again and again and again and again. It's the reason why, if you don't know Jesus, this series is going to be especially challenging, is that Jesus is the key to all of this. His forgiveness and what he has done for us is the only real motivation, the only real way that we can understand this thing of forgiving someone who has hurt us. But what we want to focus in on, especially today, is just making sure that we're very clear, and I'm going to give you a picture in how to think about it, of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. So what we're going to do is look at just two verses in a letter in the New Testament called Ephesians. Uh, There was a pastor in that first century, his name was Paul, and he planted a church in a town of Ephesus, and then years later, while he was in prison, he wrote to them, encouraging them about Christ and also directing their godly living. And you can read all of Ephesians chapter 4 on your own, but one of the themes in that chapter is what to do 
with anger. And we're going to look at just two verses right now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, Paul writes, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And the word there in the Greek for get rid is a very, I would say, picturesque type of word. Um, it's, it's very clear of what type of getting rid that it's talking about. And in fact, probably the best way for me to explain the picture behind this word is to ask if you have ever walked through a doorway and got a spider web on your face. If you ever walked somewhere, maybe it wasn't a doorway, and felt a spider web wrapping around your face. Do you know what I've never seen with someone that that's happened to or experienced in my life? That you just kept walking. <laughs> that you just left it there. You're like, all right, you know, I'll live with this. Because where there are spider webs, you know what there also are nearby? Spiders, right? And so you don't have to think, what do I do with a spider web on my face? You probably look a little ridiculous like I would as well, just kind of getting that thing off and you don't wait for a moment to get rid. That's what Paul is directing us to do with this Greek word. It's not just a casual, like when you're ready, it's this spider web, cobweb, I got to get rid of this thing as quickly as I can. And so this first verse, I think, is a great launching point for us to think about forgiveness. Because most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, there's a reason why you get angry. And most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, it has to do with something someone said or something someone did. Um, someone has pricked you with their words or with their actions. It's like the thorn of a cactus pressing against your heart. And as we consider that, I want to go through three possible ways that we could handle this hurt. Think back to your life. Someone has hurt you. You've got the needles and the thorns pressing up against you. And there's three things you could do with that hurt. The first one, I'm going to say it this way, you could throw it back at them. You could. You've been pricked. You've been cut. You've been hurt. Now I'm going to hurt you. Children do this, right? Your brother hits you, what do you do? You hit him back, right? Unfortunately, adults do this too. You said something about me. I've got a whole list of things that I'm going to say about you. You cheated me, I'm going to cheat you. You're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. You posted something that I think there was an innuendo. You were talking about me there. I'm going to post three things to get you back. And honestly, this first way that you can handle a hurt 
is um, the one that comes most naturally. Like if you never thought about, hmm, what should I do with that hurt? The one that would happen most naturally is you would look for ways to get back at that person. That is the way that our sinful nature reacts. Um, We call it revenge. You hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you in one way or another. Well, what does... Paul say in our verses, he says, get rid of rage and anger, brawling and slander. Or what does Jesus say? He says, uh, not Jesus, but what does Paul write in Romans 12? He says, don't repay anyone evil for evil. And at the end of the day, while getting someone back for how they hurt us, might feel good in the moment, let me tell you, it's a sugar high. Because it really doesn't solve anything. And actually, the more hurt that goes back and forth, back and forth, there's just more hurt people. And things do not get better. So throwing it isn't the way to handle it. Another way that you could handle the hurt, I'll say it this way, is to just hold it. I'm not going to intentionally hurt somebody, but I'm also not going to forget. And I'm going to talk about it either consciously or subconsciously with as many people as I can. I want other people to know what this person did to me. And I'm not talking about talking about it with a pastor or a counselor. You should do those things. I'm talking about just gossip. Um, I'm going to keep ruminating about it. I'm (laughs) I'm going to hope the worst for that person. And the reason why these things happen is because, and sometimes maybe we just didn't know what to do with it, we we've just allowed ourselves to continue to hold it. You get a a thorn pricking into your hand long enough and do nothing about it, eventually it becomes infected. And that's also what happens when we do nothing with the hurt. Eventually, it results in bitterness. In fact, as as I've um, been a pastor for a while, and I've seen some of this in myself as well at times, but... A lot of times, the, the people who are most bitter in life or crabby um, tend to, at some of it at least, be to a hurt that they experienced in the past that they haven't gotten through, that they haven't forgiven, but they're still holding on to it. Let me ask, <clears throat> what does Paul say? We read it before. He said, get rid like a spider web on your face. Get rid of bitterness. Holding on to that hurt is going to create bitterness instead of get rid of it. Or the writer to the Hebrews says this, see to it that no bitter root grows up. I want you to think of that hurt like a seed in the ground. And over time, if it's left there, it will grow up into a plant of bitterness. And and the writer to the Hebrews says, get rid of that because it will cause trouble and defile many. So holding on to it doesn't help either. So, what should we do? Well, let's go back to Paul's words first. 
So we read this first part of the two verses, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. All right, that makes sense. Great. How do I do that? Well, Paul then gives us a clue. He says, be instead kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. One of the most important ways that we become less angry and less bitter is making sure that we forgive. And as we have come to this series, um, and as we think about the three possible ways to, to handle hurt, we talked about throwing it doesn't work, holding on to it doesn't work, but maybe the way that we can think about it in terms of this cactus is what he wants us to do is to let go of it. And if <clears throat> I didn't need this pot for the rest of the series, I would have just dropped it here on the ground and let it crash because that's what God, through Paul, is directing us to do with that hurt, is to get rid of it, to let go of it. And, and one of the, the things that I, I wanted you to be able to take out of this four-week series is just a, a picture of what forgiveness is so that there's no doubt of exactly what God is calling us to do. And so here's the definition. Forgiveness is choosing not to hold it, not to throw it, but to let go of what has hurt you. Now, over the course of this series, we're going to be talking about how there can be consequences to sin. And so forgiveness doesn't mean that you can't call the police or that you can't have a separation or that you can't, um, you know, or that you can't create boundaries in certain relationships or can't create steps to that reconciliation. Like all of those things are important, and it's a different message for a different time. But if I could clarify what I am saying and what God, more importantly, is directing us to, is that when it comes to the hurts and the hurt that maybe specifically you're thinking of, this is very clear from God. It's not my job to get them back. That you and I have not been called to make sure that the scales are balanced. Yes, there's government and there's authorities and, and people who hurt in certain ways. There's punishment. But God is really clear that it is not our role or job to make sure that the scales are balanced. It's not our job to get back at them. That our almighty God, who's in charge of everything, just like everything else in your life, he's got this. He'll figure it out. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. So <laughs> do you know one of the things that is very clear about forgiveness? It's not easy. You know what it kind of feels like in some cases? it feels like I'm letting that person off the hook. 
It's not easy because for me, it feels like I'm not being repaid appropriately. And for them, well, it seems like they're not getting the punishment that they deserve. Forgiveness is not easy. And that's where the last part of the two verses we're looking at is the key. It still doesn't make it easy all of the time, but the only way that you and I can even start to forgive the way that God has called us to is to understand this last part. Let's go back to the verses. He said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. God's forgiveness for us is not only the greatest example of forgiveness there ever was, but it's also the motivation. Um, Number three, fill in. So we forgive mindful that God forgives us through Jesus. We're going to come back to this a little bit next week, but for a moment, I want you to think about um, all the ways that you and I have sinned against God. All the promises we've made to him that we've broken, lust and greed and frustration and discontentment and on and on and on. In fact, here's the thing. Every time we sin against someone else and treat a child of God differently than God would treat them, differently than what we should, we are also sinning against God himself. And in fact, when you think about your sin, when you think about the times that that I have hurt the Lord, it's not just a little cactus. I I Googled large cactus, and here's what came up. (laughs) That's you and me when it comes to our relationship with God. And you know what God decided not to do? Throw it back and exact vengeance on us. What God decided not to do was to hold on to it and look at us always through the lens of our sin. Now, interestingly enough, Here's where things are a little bit different between us and God. He also didn't just let it go and pretend like it didn't exist. Do you know what he had to do instead because there is this thing called justice? He took out all of the punishment that you and I deserved on his son. Jesus bore all of our sin so that God the Father then could forgive us because the punishment, the rightful punishment was taken out on Jesus. Here's what Peter writes about that. When they hurled their insults at Jesus, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sin in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. 
I hope and pray that this joy of the gospel is something, even if you've known it all your life, that never becomes old for you. That it is always, I pray for you, the best news there could be. And in those moments where you are feeling particularly guilty about something you've done, as you look to find, we'll talk about this another week, reconciliation with the person you've hurt, know that because of Christ, things already are reconciled with God. And so our application for this first week and really for the rest of the series, but get it out here in the first week is, I pray that we can grow in choosing to let go of what has hurt us. And for this first week, what I, I want you to do is I want you to think about a hurt that you would say, well, I need to work on forgiveness around that. And I want you to, maybe you go to Home Depot and buy a cactus, I don't know. At the very least, you think about it. I want you to think about it as a prickly cactus. And I want you to ask yourself the question as you think about it or as you see it, what am I gonna do with it? Am I gonna throw it back? Am I gonna hold on to it and squeeze it tighter? Or am I gonna let go of it? And as you do that, Two really quick practical things to think about as you learn to do this, because I think they're going to be helpful. Number one is to understand that sometimes forgiveness requires a daily choice. For some of us, you came to this series, there is this hurt that you're thinking of, and maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was 10 years, 20 years ago, and you thought you had worked through forgiveness, and then you saw him again. Then you had to interact with her again. Then the event came up. And you're like, "Woo, what's going on? I feel bitterness. Does that mean I didn't forgive? No, it means you have a sinful nature. And you probably did forgive. Maybe you forgave. But it popped up again. It didn't mean you didn't forgive. Because sometimes forgiveness means a daily choice to put it down again. And number two, forgiveness may need to be granted before it is felt. And this was really helpful for me because sometimes I don't feel like forgiving, but you can make steps towards forgiveness even if you don't feel it. In a really good book I would highly recommend called Forgive by Tim Keller, um, he wrote this. He wrote, forgiveness is granted often a good while before it is felt, not the other way around, felt before it's granted. Forgiveness is a promise to not exact the price of sin from that person who hurt you, it's a promise we make to keep despite how we feel. And he goes on a little later, forgiveness is a practice before it's a feeling. It's something you can begin to do daily. And if you do, eventually your heart will soften instead of harden and you'll escape the prison. And, and hopefully in most cases, it's both a feeling and an action. But if you're not feeling it, start by granting it. How? by making a concerted effort not to talk badly about that person, for doing your best to be kind to them and civil when you're around them. 
by not wishing ill of them, by praying for them, and that God would be with them. So, what do you need to forgive? What do you need to not throw, not hold on to? What do you need to let go of? And we'll pick it up there next week as we talk about how God's justice and God's forgiveness, how they perfectly meet at the cross of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean for us? Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, like so many things in your word, forgiveness is something that's easier for us to talk about than sometimes it is to do. And so we start just by asking you to forgive us for our lack of forgiveness and for all of our sin. And Lord, may we then respond to your love and forgiveness by working towards granting that forgiveness to other people, by taking that pain, that hurt, and with your help and with your grace, just letting go of it. We pray for your your guidance and blessing and strength in that. Lord, also as we come to your table today in communion, what a perfect, perfect day to take the Lord's Supper because it is in that meal, Lord, that we ask that you would refresh us as you've promised, that you would grant to us that forgiveness that your son Jesus won for us on the cross. So guide, bless, and be with us and those who are taking this meal. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.